Hello everyone and welcome back to the Covered It podcast um, as brought to you by Quack Golf. Uh, if you don't know who Quack Golf are, you better um, get onto them. They're the up and coming Irish golf brand. So have a look at quackgolf.com for all your golf clothing needs. If this is your first time here and you're wondering what kind of a podcast you've just tuned into, well, um, we are kind of like the pad thai takeaway of golf podcasts. Of course, golf is our main staple of meat. However, there's also some noodle tangents and some spicy pepper topics thrown in the mix too. I like to think of us as a podcast for the people and by the people. So please do send us in your funny stories about golf or anything you would like to get involved with the pod. Um, as usual, I'm joined by my regulars, Mr. Moto Moto and Mr. Blacklung. Scott, how are you doing? Good, Shan man. I'm good. Not too bad. Nice, good weekend. It was uh, it was good. Irish Open, all uh, all good. Benji, what's the crack? How are you doing? Good, Patrick. I'm back in London after a weekend of seeing you, so can't complain about that. Delighted, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Nice to be here. Um, so yes, folks, we're coming to you straight after the uh, the Irish Open, which was on down in the K Club, um, which we briefly attended. Um, it was a great week, um, and uh, so we're yeah, let's get into it. So just before we get into it, as usual, a few shout outs. Um, first shout out I have here, lads, is to Mark Fox from the Plug Lie, um, with another outstanding um pick with Jordan Smith and I say outstanding I know Jordan Smith didn't win folks I gather that but I think if you have a guy who picked Brian Harmon to win the Open um, and he's had some pretty good sort of placing picks since then and then he picks Jordan Smith and if he gives you a pick where your man uh, where the guy is you know basically in contention on the final day, I would call that a good pick. And he's, 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 his, some of his picks lads in the last few weeks have been absolutely ridiculous. So shout out Mark Fox and the plug live. If you, if you fancy a flutter, um, on the old golf, make sure to check him out. He's a man. Yeah, we did have... he's, he's a good Twitter follow as well. He's got some great stats. Um, so no wonder I'd say it's, uh, say that's where he yeah. gets ideas each week following the stats. Great Twitter follow. We we did. I did have plans to see him on Sunday and and to discuss maybe a uh, a fifteen minute segment each week on who to back. Um, but the the weather was too wet, and I I I spoke to him for about three minutes and then had to get out of the rain. So Mark, this well, is our pitch to you. Let's have a fifteen Mark. minute segment where yeah. you come on and you tip a couple of winners because you're pretty good at it. Yeah, we need to get we need to cling on to. Him. So lads, any shout outs this week? Um, I've got one shout out. He was on our Instagram story. Shout out to the guy who brought a driver to the Irish Open. Didn't have a, <laughs> didn't have a backpack. Didn't have anything else than, but he had his ping driver. I I. What did we? Yeah. What did? What do we reckon there? Like, I can only imagine that he thought maybe if I nip onto the range after everyone's gone, they'd hardly notice. I'm um, going. I'm going to say that he was buying a driver off secondhandgolfclubs.com and your man was like come here any chance I'll meet you at the Irish you? Open any chance going to the Irish Open sure, yeah, yeah. post it too grand I'll see you there and then he had to be that Wally that walked around the golf course <laughs> with, uh, with, <laughs> yeah. just, with a driver in his hand <laughs> it, he like how did he not cop that that was going to be really embarrassing because 
it wasn't just us that was staring at him. Everyone was looking at him, going, yeah. "What the hell are you doing with a with a driver?" It's um, on on that topic. It's uh, there's a few things that you just shouldn't do when it comes to yeah. going to watch a golf event. Golf I don't know event. why you shouldn't do it, but you just I don't know. Just come, like people who bring their rangefinder to watch a golf event so they can check yardages. Like, oh, okay, so this guy is <laughs> so this professional golfer has got one seventy two, and I would normally hit a seven iron. I can see he's hitting an eight iron. Wow! Like, how many times do you need to do that? And Shani, I'm asking you this because. You got William to download it on his watch so you could see what their yardages were. <laughs> What's the benefit there? Do you know what though? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Like there was times where if I saw someone standing beside me with a, a yard a rangefinder, I would have been like, how, how far out is he? I don't hate it. It looks it very nerdy, hand but yes. Who, on a Sunday of a golf tournament, going to watch lads who've played on a Saturday and they've put the same pair of shorts on and you see them, they've got their glove <laughs> hanging out their back pocket. <laughs> like, lads, what are you doing? Yeah, you gotta go, you gotta leave uh, the glove in the car, lads. Um, yeah. that's a funny topic, though. You... <laughs> also, again, so I was at the Irish Open for the whole week. Yeah, the amount, and the hottest hottest week of the year. The amount of lads you see, I'm all for showing up in golf gear, but the amount of lads you see in in their golf trousers, their golf shirt, maybe like a quarter zip draped over their shoulders, and you're like, lads, it's the hottest week of the year. Like, we just yeah. wear a pair of shorts. You're you're not playing in the golf tournament. I must say it's difficult though leaving the car park because usually you have your golf bag to st- to stuff a lot of stuff in. It's difficult yeah. leaving the car park going, you know, it could lash rain, it could do this, it could do that. Yeah, I don't know. Fair. Um, shout out to Andrew Scannell, lads, a long time listener of the pod who has finally got to scratch. Um, I sent him a message of congratulations on the day that he reached scratch and I also asked did anything happen? Like, did the skies open up? Did the golfing gods reach down a, a yellow sword to him and, and say congrats? But he said no. So apparently nothing happens when you actually reach scratch. Also, a shout out to Tron Carter from Nolling Up. He's down to 0.7. Would you have thought he was a 0.7? Not for a man who played left-handed for about two years. Yeah, that was. I, that I was thought that was impressive. impressive. When he just packed it in and started playing left-handed. That was cool. Yeah, that was very impressive. Just... Like it's also more just mentally, just like every time now he's going out and golf for two years, he's just playing left hand. I'd say that was just crushing. <laughs> I'd like well, to know what his local course is. Yeah. Like one of those um, Americans straight up, straight back. Well, if you'd like to, he's a, he seems like a fiery character. If you'd like to get <laughs> onto him, please do. I'd like to see that. Um. So I've, and, I, and just finally, instead of a, a shout out, I have a call out. So shout outs are, for praise on this podcast, call-outs are more we're standing outside your house with pitchforks. Um, so I was listening to um, I was listening to another podcast called The Diary of a CEO, which is quite global at this stage, I'm we, sure everyone we knows have about become, it. <laughs> we've become an ad read for The Diary of a CEO. Literally, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so on this week was a breathing expert, and his name is James Nestor. He wrote a book called Breath. The new science of a lost art, um, and basically his whole thing is around the importance of breathing through your nose, and that has been lost in human. Yeah. <laughs> I see, I see Scott's eyes rolling into the back <laughs> of his head, but um, apparently it's very important to breathe through your nose, and ninety percent of the time, or uh, as much as you possibly can. Are we um, are, are we that stuck for content? 
talking about what you're breathing through your nose. No, no, hold on, Scott. There's there's a okay. golf there's a golf noodle oh. coming soon. Oh yeah, good, good. Okay, sorry, I thought you were um, I was going to be like what? But and uh, funnily enough, uh, it's like even the, there's the likes of Erling Haaland is going to sleep at mm. night with his mouth taped over. Uh, so people get these like mouth masks where they tape their mouth closed before they go to bed to force themselves to breathe through their nose. I was way ahead of this trend in first year of school. I used to go oh. to like an, an asthma clinic and they used to give me tape to go home and sleep because I might like I've got nose issues and lung issues. Interesting. And I would tape and I would just wake up in the middle of the night like <clears throat> not being able to breathe because my mouth was taped shut and my nose was blocked. Well, then maybe so... Ben, you should listen to James Nestor then and tell me what you think. Um, not for everyone I'll just say <laughs> so anyway in the middle of the podcast he mentioned that humming is a, a, a very successful way to sort of relax your body and sort of relax your whole nervous system so humming i.e. hum like that <laughs> so <laughs> oh, oh that's what humming is yeah. Um. so if if anyone has listened to this podcast before, they'll know that I will do absolutely anything to shoot a better score on the golf course. So I was running at the time when I when I noticed this, and I just sort of took note, and um, I kind of said, you know, maybe maybe on the golf course when I'm feeling stressed, I might try a bit of humming just to, you know, lower my heart rate down and maybe whatever. So um, as you boys know, I was on a bit of a heater on Saturday morning on the golf course, I was four under through six holes. Now, I would not be a man that would be used to being in that position. So walking down the eighth fairway, I walked away from my playing partner so that they wouldn't hear me. And I tried humming um, to myself, which is quite sad, um, I'll admit. And uh, Tom Guilfoyle, who plays who plays with me a lot in the links, will be hearing this for the first time, realizing that I was across the fairway humming to myself. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I started humming on the eighth, um, part of the ninth, and then I came onto the tenth, and I went bogey, bogey, double bogey, 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 while humming. You're, sorry, so you're I'm saying... calling out James Nestor, and I'm saying that, um, yeah, that doesn't work for golf. Sadly. I know it's kind of like talking shite, i.e., <laughs> the last three minutes of this podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, try for yourself, folks, if you want. Uh, humming is, is meant to uh, relax your nervous system, and um, if you're on a score, uh, try try humming to yourself on the other side of the fairway. I've heard the I've heard the book is very good. All jokes aside, I actually, really I actually okay. know a few people who've read it. Um and they all don't get me wrong I won't be picking it up and reading it but um I have all the people I know who have read it we are all like oh it's real real good you should give it a read um, so I will back you up on that one but I'm not going to be going out and humming on the fourth hole when I'm four over through four so okay folks um Irish Open this week let's get into it lads um if you wouldn't mind I was gonna start with the sort of age old debate that comes up every time. The Irish Open comes around um, where Irish people, people from abroad, especially Americans, basically the whole entire golfing media start to give out as to why Ireland hosts their National Open on a Parkland course. Um, 
basically it started off with a tweet from Matt Janella, which did I say his name right? Matt Janella. You've nailed nailed it. Janella. In one. Janella. Um, David. Like yeah, like David. So basically he said, damn, yet another week in which the Irish Open sells out to something other than a Lynx course as host of their national championship. I get it, it's all about the money, but this bruises the soul of the game, stomps on the heart of the golf gods and burns the eyes of everyone watching. I hope somewhere deep down in places they don't talk about it at parties. Someone is embarrassed for what they've done here. This might be an Open, but it's not an Irish Open. It's pretty... uh, raunchy tweet um greg allen went on to sort of explain if you if you follow greg allen on twitter he's sort of a golf slash sports journalist he went on to explain that it's kind of it is all about money as to why we host our national open on the on on parkland courses luckily we have uh royal county down announced for next year but i just wanted to get into it with you lads um in terms of would you like we obviously had an excellent field at the Irish Open this year in terms of Billy Ho and all those guys coming coming over and I suppose Greg Allen was making the tweet that if we had it on a Lynx course he actually said in a sort of a comment further down that um if we had it on a Lynx course we'd probably get closer to a challenge tour field than what we you know like kind of like a European tour slash PGA tour type field so like would you rather our Irish Open be on one of our top parkland courses with a really, really good field, or would you rather our, our our Irish Open be for less money on a Lynx course? What are we talking? What? Why do you think it would be a challenge tour field if it was on a Lynx? I, I don't think reasons? that. I don't think that. That's what Greg Allen was saying. Greg Allen was basically making the point about commercial resorts or how you can make. Mm. how these events can make money and I, I i honestly just from living in ireland i honestly think the closer it is to to dublin i know everyone in cork will kill me for this but i think the closer a course is to dublin you're probably going to make more money like the crowds on sunday and saturday there were like yeah. four or five deep so i just think naturally if you're closer to the capital city yeah you'll make more money and you'll also the easier you make it for players to come and play like the, the exactly, fact yeah. that Billy Ho can, can land in Dublin and within half an hour be in the K Club Hotel mm. and be in a staying in five star accommodation that is walking distance to the driving range and to the clubhouse and all that like that all plays in a factor into it. Uh, like I agree with the initial tweet from Matt Janella, but kind of playing devil's advocate, I think like the UK obviously holds the British Open, which is much bigger, normally on a Lynx course, and then it also has Wentworth. And then it also have another British event. We unfortunately only get one event. If we could pick and choose, we'd be able to probably put in a stellar field one twice a year, once on a Lynx course, once on a Parkland. Mm. But we just like Ireland as a whole, as a golfing kind of, I don't know where where Ireland stands within the DP World Tour. That's never going to happen. We just don't have the money to do it. I would caveat but, by saying that we are like we do have it on a Lynx course next year. I would say that. Yeah. Like Royal County today as well is actually quite close to Dublin, we'll say. Um, it's just I'd be interested to see what the field is like for that. Um, next. I year. also I also think that like me personally as a spectator, I'd love it on links, and that's not because I prefer, um, playing links golf. I just think when you look at the European Tour every week, 
you could have what you know if you didn't if forget anything to do with the crowd there and just watch the golf course and if you didn't know that much about golf you'd have no idea that it was in ireland you know it could have been in germany yeah, yeah. european tours like a lot of them are just saying it's like america you know we talk about american golf courses a lot of them are just set up the same until you go somewhere that's completely different where i just think that it was a chance in ireland where we have some of these incredible golf courses that are so different you know that it'd be cool to have it on one of those because it's some form of different golf now I know all of the commercial aspect and the logistics aspect and so on. I know that does mm. really play into it, but I think it's just from a selfish point of view of going like, because we have the courses, I think you'll just be better on them because it's something different. But I also yeah. get the, yeah. the conversation or the argument but- for having it on, on the links. But I, I another point on it as well as I think that, I also think that Twitter and like a lot of people outside of Ireland, like Matt Janilla and like um, American people on Twitter looking at the Irish Open, are probably also just a bit sick of the K Club, like I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. from the Ryder Cup and like, or uh, yeah. the right, the right, the K Club's really nice. Like walked around yesterday; it is a really, really nice golf course. But again, it looks like a PGA Tour course. Yes, like, exactly. On TV, yeah, yeah, exactly. It just looks like another PGA Tour course, and like, and that's a compliment. That is a massive compliment. Oh yeah, yeah, well yeah, it's yeah. But it's just another course like that, and you're kind of like, where yeah. when you're in Ireland, who are famous for all these links courses and all these like incredible yeah. golf courses, it's just. Well, a bit, Oh, here we like, go. So, like, so, t- two points on the the slot that they got this year. In one way, it was actually a really good slot for for what it was because there was no PGA Tour golf this weekend. Um, it was uh, NFL opening weekend, was it, Scott? Yeah. Uh, because, like, I suppose the No Laying Up boys, they're, I suppose they their podcast this week was basically prime Irish open. It was the first slot. It was kind of the only golf on. So it was kind of like, if you wanted to watch golf this weekend, it was the Irish open. So that in one way, that's kind of a good slot, but they were also, they were also giving out about the fact that they weren't seeing it on a links course. And they were suggesting like, could you not turn it into some sort of a links season? Um, kind of like the way tennis does it with the hard court seasons and the clay seasons and the grass seasons. Like, could you not just have, a link season and i'm i'm not talking about a long stretch i'm literally talking about like irish open scottish open british open and i suppose the top players in the world could maybe decide to play either irish or scottish and then the british um yeah it just but... it needs to be i know the irish open had a slightly bigger purse than like say the I don't know, the German Open or whatever, but not as big as a Rolex event like the Scottish. Until they make the Irish Open a Rolex event, you're never going to get those players. And you have to go, you would have to go Irish, Scottish, British, and hope that players would like to play three weeks in a row, which most of them, that's kind of a max. So Mm -hmm. you need to go those three events and then have a week off afterwards or have a smaller event afterwards. So people come. What, What I will say about, next year i think next year you'll get an even better field i think you'll get more americans coming across to play having talked to like a few guys who've said i i can't wait to play next year like i really want to make people who are on the peripheral of getting into the into the t-sheet for next year say trying to keep their cards just saying like i really really want to be there next year because the chance to play roll counted down in a proper tournament style that players seem are mad keen to do it like it's the best course course in the what, world. So what is the Rolex series? Is that like is that announced for next year? Like, could it still get a Rolex status next year, or is it? Are we talking twenty twenty five? I I don't think next year. I think it's already been yeah. announced. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's yeah. done year by year. Just but bigger purses, on, I assume. Yeah. On your point as well, there, Ben. Like, if you 
when you talk about golf courses around the world and stuff like it's completely subjective wherever you think the best golf course in the world is whether you think it's ringing Anna, or whether you think it's um pebble beach or whatever but like as uh, just backing up your point there ben if you go on to golf digest you know if you type in type in best golf course in the world yeah. you know, on a golf digest is royal county down yeah. so like there's definitely some tour pros like you know what oh sorry i know i said this when we got into when we got to the k club but for me it was unreal to see big tom hoagie floating around the k club like yeah. tom hoagie one of the pga tour such a random american like such a random field? yeah but tom hoagie, yeah he was like he was well over par and like he was nowhere near but he made the weekend that's bad yeah like what was he doing people. there Playing golf in the Irish Open, I believe. Danny, what were you doing there? That, that's strange, though. No, and that's my <laughs> point. Is, you know, you know that you know Billy Ho was there. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Minwood, not the same, but like, you know, you know that like there were some golfers who were there who have come across, but like Tom Hoagie, love mm. the randomness of that. It's just yeah. random, but I said this to you, Scott. If you were an American golfer and your wife or partner liked to travel, we don't just be like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. Let's go a week early. We'll go play a bit of golf up in the north. Yeah. Then we'll play the Irish Open. Stay pop the across, pop yeah. across to Wentworth. Like all great Like get a little little week's holiday afterwards because there's no event on. Like if mm. your if your wife had any connection to Notre Dame or Navy, come the week before. Go yeah. to the game. Yeah. Like Americanize it up, baby, and then stay for the week somewhere nice. And then he just rocks down to the K Club and plays. You know, he doesn't really care if he makes the cut or not that much. Like yeah. Tom Hoagie's one on two. I'd actually like to point that Tom Hoagie actually came second last for the weekend. So he was tied. Uh, he shot eight over on the Sunday. Oh, and we, we'll have to get into the guy that came last on the weekend. We'll we'll talk about him. Um, the guy that made a 12 on 16. Santiago we have Carrier. to get into that. But um, sorry, just to finish on this sort of segment before we get into uh, actually complimenting the Hay Club and Parkland courses, as we do, we do, we do like Parkland courses on this podcast. Um, do, is the date announced for? Is the slot announced for the Irish Open next year? Yeah, in terms of the schedule, I can, because I can check that you. is actually the most interesting side of it in terms of, uh, like, when you say you know that there's going to be a strong field coming for Royal County Down. Does, does it mean that they're coming to play a Lynx course after? It's the 12th to the 15th of September. It's, it, I must say it's a strange time to come play a Lynx course for professional golfers, don't you think, still? Yeah, I mean... After well the, well mean, after the Open. Do you know what I mean? Ah, Like, those guys aren't... They're not like... They don't... Oh yeah. I know. I you're, know. You're, you're trying to say that they don't need the... It's it's more, more the event say. than yeah. I just I, do I think I just say I'd like to, I I do like the idea of a links season yeah or links swing. I, I I do think having the slot just before the BMW PGA means you get you will get a couple of American rogue Americans who yeah. come over yeah and also yeah. guys who want to go European Masters then the Irish Open then the PGA and then I don't know if a lot of guys will be going to the Open to Espana yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. what is interesting uh I. Because I know the K Club is on for the next every second year for the next three years. Um, I'm sure a lot will change between now and then with the schedule. But imagine the K Club was two weeks before the uh, Adair Manor Ryder Cup. Interesting. I, I wonder mm. would anyone play in that, or would would they suffer from that for like guys didn't would want to be in Ireland for three weeks or whatever? So it'd be interesting. To that see. would be great. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's get into it. Irish Open. Um, must say I love this. Love the K Club. Um, one last, uh, 
One last thing that I would say about the, the Hay Club in a negative sense, though, is why don't they just keep the routing that they have, that they seem to have for professional tournaments? I went and played it in March with William and we played, obviously, the other, the normal members routing, we'll call it or whatever. Just keep that routing. It's brilliant. Yeah. 16, 17, 18 is, is, could be one of our best finishes in the country, yeah. parks or links, 100%. Some of the, like, honestly... It's like they're worried they have too many good holes for the last three and they kind of need to spread them onto the other nine. But it's a good course overall, so... Beautiful, yeah. 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 Um, 7, 11, 16, and 17, I put up there as sort of my favourite holes. Um, I think 7 is un underrated. Um, and same with 11. Um, 16 and 17, obviously, are, are beautiful along the Liffey there. Um, so, I suppose the funniest part of the week was... Uh, Sharma had a sort of a psycho second round where he he was 14. When I sat down on Friday around th like lunchtime to watch the golf, he was 14 under and Rory was three and hadn't started a second round yet. It was crazy. Lunchtime on Friday, Rory was 11 shots back and the so and Sharma was at 14 under and the lead finished at 14 under. So it was yeah. strange. Um, but I think some of the Sky commentators kind of said that I think it was Beamer said it in the end that I suppose the K Club is a difficult course even for pros in terms of um, I think when you're hitting it well and you're flushing it, it it's okay but there's trouble out there and I think Sharma kind of tricked people into thinking that it was going to be a 20 under kind of finish yeah um, so I will say the 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 nine holes that he went the, the front nine plays a lot harder or played a lot harder this week Mm. And he went seven under and lipped out for eight under, which was ridiculous. And I, I was actually worried that he there was like there's no way he's going to run away. He's going to win this by six. Yeah, like he got to the winning score. Um, but imagine, yeah, imagine just himself. telling him on Saturday when he walks off the golf course, being like, if you play the next two days in one under par, you'll win. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the the closing holes. If you if you're out there on Thursday and Friday, and you don't play the last three or four holes in probably two under you feel like you're giving back to the field but if you're in the lead and you're trying to protect that suddenly they become such difficult holes like see what happened to Rory on 16 like mm. that can just turn you round around this is my other beef that I have with who sets up the pins is it the it wouldn't be the K Club isn't it it'd be the DP World yeah yeah well I feel like whoever set up the pins for the last day on 16, 17, 18 kind of ruined the tournament yeah, because I think I think like make the course if you want to make the course hard so that it doesn't get ripped apart, then make it hard for the first three days. But for the back nine on the last day, I think make the pins really accessible. Let's get some birdies out there. Eagles excitement like 16. Yeah. I feel like that it's a very hard hole anyway to eagle, let's say. Right. But that, that pin should be on the front, I feel on 16 or at least it should have been in the same spot that Rory hit the shot in 2016 at. I thought that was kind of yeah. strange. 17, it was tucked away, way over in the right. So if anyone has played the K-Club before, it would be the members' eighth, I think. Yeah. So 17, it was tucked way over in the right. It's a difficult hold, any, hole anyway. That that was just, like, that was a very tough birdie coming in. And then 18, it should have been over where Rory hit his shot in 2016 as well. Over on the, the deep right side of the green so that yeah. you could really get at it and... Eagles were because like we were just waiting for Ryan Fox and Hurley Long, Long Hurley, like to call him, 
uh, to make eagles on the on the on the way in there. But like it, they they were never going to make eagles there. It was I, I'll check it, but I don't think there was many eagles there all day. No, I was kind of expecting a few. Yeah, I think the pins. I think they were worried that someone was going to go out there and shoot seven, eight under on the final day and absolutely rip the course to shreds. Um, yeah. Vincent Norman, what do we reckon? Solid, solid final day. Like, fair play to him. Yeah. You know, not even as well as some of the birdies he had, but there's one, I know there's a video floating around him getting up and down for par. Like, you don't really, I can't remember what hole it was, but like, it's just, it was, in fairness, just seriously, seriously good golf to win from that far back. It's like, you know, nobody really fell apart, to be fair to like Hurley Long, Hurley Long and I know um, Rory didn't play well and stuff, but nobody was like six ahead and completely fell apart. He just had, what was that run he had from, was it the seventh? He had, like he didn't have a birdie up to the seventh hole. Yeah. And then he had his first birdie of the day on seven and just. He like, just went oh. nuclear. And still, yeah, and just got up and down from everywhere. Like just one of those days, like I'll see where you're, you know, everything just works and he happened to be within enough shots to win. It all just worked out. And like another Swede in a row winning a, event scott i'm glad you brought it up because i would like to know how many well one scandinavians they just seem to be a powerhouse in the golf world right now but can you tell me how many swedes in particular are in the top like 500 in the world 500 in the world just like do you think do you think vincent norman is the highest ranked swede in the world no oh and ben what's your answer to the question though uh, have the rankings been updated since he won? I believe they're usually done on the Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. So they would be. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he is. So okay, he's, he is. And then, and then, the, my next question is, uh, where do you think he's ranked in the world now? I'm gonna say like sixty-two. Chan. Vincent Norman. Um. I actually heard his ranking in an interview as well. I'm going to say 69, I think it was. Okay, so there is currently 15 Swedes in the top 500 in the world. Um, Vincent Norman is the third highest ranked Swede. Um, He is world number 76 now. It's a jump from 58. Can you name the two ahead of him? Norn. Correct. The highest ranked Swede at 68. I know Ludwig is in the top 100, but Ludwig I don't think he's is, higher than him. Ludwig is the fifth highest Swede. He's 91. Oh, who is this? Oh, um, Alexander Bjork. Correct. He is 70. Nice. And then the man in between Vincent Norman and Ludwig Aberg is, I always think, is the most random Swedish golfer. Nor- Norlander. No, David Lingmurth. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? The interesting one, Ben, for you is 470th in the world. The last Swede in the door of the top 500 is Henrik Norlander. He's just the only other one I could think of. But so my point is, Scott, if you if you may humor me, um, can you tell me how many Irish golfers are in the top 500 in the world? Uh, I can. And while you're doing that, I'll just explain <laughs> that we as a country must must have more golf courses. Mm. We must produce a lot more golfers. But somehow Sweden, who have snow for three months of the year, guaranteed, seem to be churning out these golfers that go through the American collegiate system. And I just wonder, I don't know, do, yeah, do Ireland have yeah, enough guys going through the collegiate system? Not having You're basically a... saying we, we need to ship more of our young lads out to America. 
not having a pop at a at the world or Irish golfers in the world ranking, but this was a much faster search. Um, mm. the Swedes. There's three lads in the top 500. Um, two of them are major winners, and the other is Seamus Power. So you've Shane Podrick and Seamus Power. This is just for a public search. Then, yeah. So then we've got Rory. So if I put in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Um, so if I, I, add I think Northern Ireland as well, we get. Do, 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 do. It's actually a very good search function on the world. The world <laughs> oh, uh, you can also include. Um, no, we can, uh, just Rory and Tom. Dermot McElroy's five five two. Shout out Dermot McElroy for nearly winning on the Challenge Tour in the playoff. Yeah, really. Um, and so the population of Sweden is 10 million, roughly double the size of Ireland, but they've got more than double the amount of golfers in the top 500. I just wonder, yeah. do we have a good enough feeding system to get them into the American system? I would also put out that they're, I think that, I, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine that the top sports in Sweden are football and ice hockey. Um, mm. Just a guess. Now, there may be other ones, if any Swedes listen to the podcast, um, mm. there may be other ones as an example. But in Ireland, we are so heavy on football, rugby, yeah. If there's so many sports that we play in Ireland, I wonder, does that factor in at a young age where you have guys who are like just fully dedicated to playing golf, where yes. you have like, you know, no, yeah, it John must, Murphy must. growing up playing hurling and stuff. And like, I, I think it's a, it's a really good point, though, Ben. And sure. I would say, like, why can't we have a college in Ireland that has like, like a, an investment in a golfing? I don't See, know academy I, or something. You know, I don't. I know. think we kind of we we obviously Doesn't do have, have to have be in Dublin, with, by the way. We do Maynooth. have that with Maynooth, and do we? we have churned out some amazing golfers out of there. But I just think you don't get the competition playing against anyone. And Sorry, I forgot about Carton. So did I just make a terrible point there on my news? So yeah. they so they would train in Golf Ireland Academy in, yeah. in Carton House, do they? Yes, yeah. you, yes, you did make a terrible point. <laughs> okay, just, so if you're good all, at golf in Ireland, you go to Maynooth. Yeah, and all the while there is an American collegiate system. Everyone's going to be going over there. Mm. And if you can't get in there, you go over to the UK. And it just, I don't think it's worthwhile us trying to set up three or four universities because you end up playing against the same people over and over again. I just wonder why, <clears throat> and I talked to someone at the weekend who works with a lot of uh, kids who go across to America, yeah. and he basically just said like they uh, before they go over, he knows that they're going to be coming back after a year because he doesn't think they're cut out for it. Really? And now the he said the world handicap system is much more. Obviously, we all use the same thing. It used to be if you were a scratch girl for going to America, you were basically playing off a plus three or plus four over there. Now, whatever your handicap is, is what it, it's universal. Mm. And he said, it's no longer, yeah, there seems to be a lot of guys who go over there, get an offer off, maybe a lower down college. And as soon as you, you're not making the team, the kind of the coach forgets about you and you're back to Ireland to play in the scratch cups. On on this conversation, because I, I know the guy you're talking about, so I'll, I'll be careful not to name him. But um, on that uh thing you were saying where he knew they were going to come back was it based off their handicap wasn't low enough going over and he knew they'd come back because of technical reasons or was it mental reasons a bit of both I think it's like yeah. they're obviously good enough to get a scholarship somewhere but probably don't have the and I think the another thing he said is that maybe the coaching over there itself a lot of the coaches are like managers so they expect you to be over there you've got your coaching drilled into you you know what to work on Whereas some Irish guys might go over there expecting to be 
kind of molded and led and actually the coaches are more just as managers if that makes sense they just pick who the best players are and then oh you were saying they pick the best players and then they just don't care about the other guys yeah yeah it's up to you to get back in just on the topic of uh, nordic dominancy uh, Mm. i was googling away there in the background and having a look um so there's obviously 15 from sweden in the world's top 500 there is 10 from denmark um including world number 500 on the button interestingly enough and there is two from norway obviously big dick vic um and then christian johansson johannesson and then is finland have five the Finns. yeah there's five how has there been such a boom in nordic golf nordic golf yeah it is mad and on the women's side i'd say i take that back i take that back there's four Finns. sorry (laughs) wow Um, scott just going back to uh Vincent Norman, I don't know anything about American universities. Do, do you know if uh, Georgia Southwest are any good? Is it a D one or? Uh, I don't know. I actually thought uh, I, when I was looking at it, I initially thought it was like Georgia State, but it's obviously Georgia Southwest. Um, no, Georgia. I, 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 have a fe- I have a feeling when he won in the Barbasol, it, I heard that a few was a people. There was a co-sanctioned one, but I heard a few people say like he didn't go to a very big college, and doesn't have amazing stats from his college career but obviously he's kicked on and now he's a two-time winner in the dp world um you never know he could be another ludwig like <clears throat> it's good to see it's good to see there are um, will it, we will we it, kick the into problem, the field the problem with just just one topic on that is that with american sports is is it's obviously the gl- glory of boosters and and all the stuff and the amount of money in american golf like americans not american golf american sports collegiate sports in general is that you can have um it, it's really difficult to know what way you actually end up ranking um, schools when it becomes to sport. Obviously, when it comes to like colleges based off of results and you have Ivy League and there's a whole league based off of, right? For certain sports, you can be, you can be really, like I went to a small, for a year in Missouri, for it was, it was a small school and we were ranked in the nation of baseball, randomly enough. Mm. Like in, for football, my God, we were nowhere near it. So you look at, you know, you, people would have heard of the Alabamas, the Ohio States and LSUs of the world. Because of like you know the the Tim Tebow Florida have their own Netflix documentary yeah. just because football's bigger than the sports so golf is also an example of one where there are some schools who you just really wouldn't have heard of who actually have real good golf programs um like there's some in New Mexico I believe that are just really good as well and again I like have never done that much digging into it but it just really varies per sport which schools are good and which schools are big yeah okay um mm-hmm. so uh, you need I probably need to do a bit of digging to see. How good Georgia Southwestern were, but um, straight off the bat, I was like, I haven't a clue. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, um, he's twenty six, so he's not he's not fresh on the scene. Um, but he's been playing well on the PGA Tour, so yeah, no, good to see another European doing well. Will we dive into the to the field, lads? Um, just a a shout out for an arm on the shoulder to Santiago Tario, who fin- he made the cut to be fair to him, but he had a day to forget on um, Saturday. He shot an 89 with a 12 on the 16th. Um, lads, I'm just zooming into his 16th hole. Uh, he hit his approach into the water on 16 and then he dropped four times and put each wedge into the Liffey. It's actually gas watching it. You'd have to wonder what was going on there. Has has to be said though. I mean like must if, have had an injury. For for about twenty four hours, 
you look like an absolute spoon until Rory goes down 16 and has an eight. And you're kind of like, well, if on his day, if on his day, the best golfer in the world makes an absolute tit of the hole, like you don't feel as bad for making Mm. a a 12 on it. He and also listen, played he may- four four rounds of golf in the clay club and made eight and a half thousand dollars. So yeah. why not? <laughs> he also actually, to be fair to Santiago, he also had a two on seventeen on his final day. I saw that. <laughs> so he went. So he, he went twelve two. He went no, no like he went twelve on oh, the final sorry, day sorry. too. Um, lads, Alex Fitz is Alex Fitz here to stay? What's going on with this crazy run of form he's on? Good finish again. Yes. It's almost as if he someone called him that he could have made the Ryder Cup team just <laughs> entertaining and playing with his brother and everyone was laughed at. But were you serious uh, about that call, Ben? Scott called initially. That, I that tweeted. Was uh, was that I, your I, call, Scott? Yeah, I said that it would be fun to have the two whole guards and you've uh, Alex and and Matt play together. But I kind of put it in there because just after the time where he'd had the open top ten, um, and like he was just on a good run of form. To be go fair, your... huh? Go go ahead. I was just going to say that, like, he was one that he had a real good collegiate golf career. He was, it's not as if he didn't come out of nowhere. Like, everyone knew that it was like people were saying, oh, that before Matt won the US Open, everyone was like, oh, Alex is the one to watch. His brother's going to be even better than me, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. He's just kind of lived up to a bit of the hype coming out of amateur golf into pro golf. Um, not quite the major, like Ludwig Aberg. Uh, yeah. Just swinging straight into pro golf like a Marikawa and so on and so on. But, no, no. Do you, do you remember me tipping him to make the Ryder Cup, Shani, but when he was an amateur still in March? I don't actually. But I'll fair play. I didn't realize he was um well, we'll see. We'll see. Let's see. Let's yeah, see. I'm yeah, not I convinced. I'm not convinced. I think he's a bit of a bluffer, but listen. <laughs> are you talking about Ludwig Aberg or are you talking about Alex Fitz? I'm, t- I'm talking about Alex Fitz. Um okay. Also, also what we learned this this week is that Yannick Paul can't work the ball two ways. Um, <laughs> background for that story. Background for that story is we followed. Um, we were following a couple of golfers around, so we followed a group of Fabrizio, um, Zanotti, uh, Jorge Campillo, and um, Yannick Paul or Paul Yannick to the rest of Europe. And we were following around, and he hit a just hit like a cut off a tee shot. It was just a straight tee shot, but it was a slight dog leg to the left off the tee, only slight. Hang on, just, hang on. He was trying to draw it. You and cannot he, hit, you have to draw it, that tee shot. So, which is this, again, is just another wild comment from Shani. You uh, have to. He, what, why, why'd you have to? Because he was on the right side of the fairway playing straight into a green, Shani. Why did he have to draw it? No, the tee shot, you have to draw it. For anyone that knows that hole in the K Club, it's a straight dog leg left. Unless he, he was planning on towering a high fade over the corner. But then how come how did he end up just on the edge of the fairway in the first cut on the right hand side playing straight into the green? Because he he, 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 he didn't in... have to move the ball. He didn't Listen. have to move the ball, Channing. Okay. The I'll point was then Tenny turned to me afterwards goes, I think he was trying to hit a draw there. I'd say <laughs> and I was looking at him, I was like, like do you, what would you want me to go ask Yannick Paul? Like and then Shani's like, Oh well, look, if you can hit a draw there, can't, can't move it both ways. Just the fifth best golfer in Europe. Can can I just make year. a point, right? Can I just make a point on and I have another point further on on watching live golf. Podrick Harrington is an excellent player to follow, not just because he's one of my childhood heroes, right? But also because Podrick, before every single shot, will let you know what he's trying to do. So he, if he's trying to hit a fade, he hits these wild, like, cut practice swings. And if he's trying mm. to hit a draw, he, like, hits these crazy 
inside out draw swings to get the feel. So like it's really interesting when we were we were watching him on the 16th tee, Liffy's on the left, and you could tell that he was going to hit a fade like away from the river rather than a draw around the shape of the fairway because of his practice swings. You could see that he was trying to hit a fade sort of practice swing. And then you can see then that he hit the fade. And if he'd have double crossed it, you'd have known he he didn't actually mean to do that. So I thought that was very interesting. Um anyway, moving on, I just want to give a shout out to Mark Power. 40 grand first paycheck. Fair play to you, Mark. Yeah. Um Is that how much you made? I think that's what it was, yeah. He was quoted as saying that on his final day, um, so obviously first pro event, on his final day when he, he sort of missed a couple of putts or whatever, and he, he said that he was definitely thinking, like, crap, I'm I'm losing money here, rather than my handicap's going to go up. Uh, he didn't say that. But yeah, he definitely started to think about money. So fair play to you, Mark. Um, but uh, just something I wanted to you finish want, on in terms of... Do you want to do a little fact for yourself there, Shani, that you can take yes, off? Yes, please, of please. Uh, Mark Power and Alex Fitz both played their collegiate golf at Wake Forest. Interesting. There you go now. Are they the same age? They look at. Uh, I believe they're similar enough age. I think Mark okay. Power must be a bit younger. Okay. Uh, Mark Power would... won $43,800. Yeah, 40 grand. Nice. Yeah. Um. So, lads, okay. can you tell me while, why... Sorry, Shane, just while we're, before I forget, while we're on shout-outs, is um, I actually have been asked to apologise, um, and I'm going to do it in a fashion of a bit of an F you to them as well at the same time, is that on, on the last podcast, I misquoted um, <laughs> Gar Evans and Carl Lynch for, for tweeting <laughs> players. Um, Carl Lynch does, and we know that Carl Lynch does, but Gar Evans asked me to uh, get my facts straight. So it wasn't players that Gar Evans tagged in his tweet. The tweet was, Ten Hag is right, the refs are shite. And he's actually tagged. <laughs> he's, he's, no, look, he's right. He didn't tag the player. He just instead tagged the official account of professional game match officials limited, <laughs> PGMOL. So, Gar, I'd like to apologize to you for not actually tagging or saying that you tagged players. Instead, you've just tagged the refereeing association on Twitter. And so I don't know which one's worse, Gar. But they, I, I would they... like to apologize for misquoting you. I've heard the referees do take advice from people on Twitter. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Crossed, <laughs> there you go. So I, I did, I did owe Garen apology. So I'm going to put that there and be like, sorry. Um, I, okay. I also have one final go point ben. just on the Irish open. Yes. And um, we had a couple, couple of questions in on Instagram. One of them uh, was directed for you, Patrick. No. They would like to know, what do you think about Tom Kim snubbing his national open? <laughs> <laughs> I was preparing for like a really proper journalistic <laughs> answer there. That's really that was cool. a that was a fantastic input. Who who sent that in? That's brilliant. Um, I can find out. <laughs> that yeah, is fantastic. That's really funny. Anything else from the listeners, Ben? Um, some people were asking about Parkland v Links, but I think we've kind of covered that. Absolutely. Um, today. Wow. This that was from one of our our very active listeners, Ronan Magnetti. Oh, okay. But- butchered that oh, name again. Megan Nettie. Megan Nettie. Megan Nettie. We can't. We can't keep saying his name on this podcast. <laughs> we get it wrong every time. This is like Roman Megan Like trying to say I'm Julian Otegi. Did uh, Otegi? Did anyone see Julian Marcel Seem apparently threw his seven iron into the bushes on the par three when he went into the water? No. So oh, nearly go and grab it. If anyone's out playing the K Club, um, Marcel Seem seven irons in the bushes. 
in the bushes. Adrian Ategi as well, sorry, not Julian. Um, and someone wants to know what we reckon Hurley Long's handicap is based off his pre-shot routine. Oh, <laughs> it's a very frustrating pre-shot routine. That is the most, that's the worst pre-shot routine I've ever seen in my life. I'm sorry, Mr. Long. Mr. There, Grand Forest. Hurley. Wait, what's his surname again? Hurt Long Hurley, yeah. His um, name's not Long Hurley. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm getting confused because the lads from home that don't watch golf, they saw his name listed on the DP World site. And on the DP World site, they put the surname first and the forename second. So it was listed Long Hurley. So I thought that was good. He was leading the Irish Open, Long Hurley. Very <laughs> yeah, apt. So good. Um, but on that, uh, yes, folks, listen, if you've got any funny golfing stories, which obviously a lot of people do, please send them in. We'd love to get more input from the listeners um so lads one thing that i wanted to just finish off on from a golf sense was can you tell me why golf is my favorite sport but i don't like to go to golf events um i'll just a bit of background i feel it's because when you go to a match you see everything in that match and you feel part of it and you see all the action when you go to a golf event you basically miss 99 percent of what's happening and you go home and you kind of don't really know what's happened or to the likes. Um, on what you said to me, Ben, when we were walking around, I think the next time I go to a golf event, I'm just going to follow one of your golfers and just get invested in a round. And that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to follow one to 18, see every hole. And I feel like then you've seen every hole, so you've seen every shot and you've just been going for one guy, um, i.e. one of your golfers who would be invested in anyway. Um, and yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do the next time because I think when I'm just walking around seeing this guy and that guy, I don't know. I also think live, live golf does is probably the only sport that gives me the thing of being like, after watching two people hit a ball, I'm like, now I want to hit a ball. Exactly. Like, yeah. I don't go to a rugby match or a football match being like, God, I'd love a game of five-a-side or I'd love to play a game of rugby. Like, you know, I, I don't think it's the same kind of feeling. Whereas like when I'm watching golf, you see someone hit somewhere like, now I want to play golf after yes. a hole. So I think that's also probably why the reason I'm just like, I get a bit fed up of watching it. And I'm like, okay, now I just want to play instead of watching them. Is this segment, Shani, your way of thanking me for getting you a free ticket? Or <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Because you literally I just knew said, you were going to say that. I love golf, but I hate watching it live. That's also <laughs> a thing to, to Ben was very good. And he got us tickets for, for Sunday and we went in and I'll see at one stage, there was a, the rain delay. So we ran to the car as quick as we could. And in the car, there was a silence and, and Shani goes, <laughs> Um, Scott, you know, you know Ben well, right? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yes, Patrick, I do. And he's like, yeah, how do you think, you know, how do you think I tell him that, like, I'm really thankful that he got me the free ticket, but I'm also cool to go home now. You know, I'm cool <laughs> to just leave early and not see the end of it. I was like, I think you can just tell him the truth, Shani. Uh, no, um, Shani, back to what you said, I actually, I only wrote down about four points of notes for this podcast, which wasn't very good, but one of them was, uh, dash being invested in a round yes. and what I will say is uh, if you're planning to go watch some live golf I would choose, I would go and I probably would go on a Thursday or Friday maybe on the Friday and find a golfer that you're interested in that potentially is in around the cut line because you won't know yeah. kind of like the the pressure and and like you can you can almost feel what the golfer is going through as you watch them go through the round whether it's good or it's bad chasing that cut line um, or a golfer who is chasing to add to their lead or something like that. And I think mm. you get less crowds on a Thursday and a Friday. You, if you pick a group of golf, like 
they're all those golfers they're all plus six handicaps they're all very good golfers so whoever you choose to follow you're going to be watching some amazing mm. ball striking and the likes so pick it pick a group early on out there and follow them around and yeah i think that's the way Get to do invested. it i yeah so, sunday golf unless you are going to follow the the leaders i don't think it's really worth it because mm. there's such big crowds and you just you really hard to see anything but for anyone that doesn't know ben you manage a player called fabrizio zanotti the national hero of paraguay um so how did like finish tied 70th obviously made the cut one over on the final day like how did fabrizio feel after that like i always wonder like what would a pro so he's made the cut but you know, didn't have a good weekend. How how did he feel? Did he did he potentially feel nearly more disappointed? Uh, I don't at, at this stage of the season, um, especially for guys who are trying to make sure they're inside the top one sixteen or seventeen to keep their cards. Uh, you know, making a cut is going to jump a couple of guys around you who hasn't made their cut. So all these guys, anywhere from eighty to one forty, eighty or people around the eighties are trying to secure their card. One forty is trying to jump into that top one seventeen. Uh, so for them, making the cut is is good, but he had some good chances to kick on. He was two under through three on his final round. He also had a couple of good... He was going well on the Saturday as well and just kind of fell off. So mm. um, I think for them, you can't overestimate uh, just making cuts and like getting a paycheck and getting raced to Dubai points. Yeah. And, and there's another thing I was saying to Scott is like, you watch these guys, like say that Santiago guy who's probably just going through the motions on the final day, doesn't really care. Yeah. The amount of the amount of care those guys take with every single shot, everything, whether it's for birdie, bogey, par, triple, they are like they're 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 striding out one yard differences from their their uh from their green book from where the tees are set up, and like you're like lads, ah, who cares? Like what's the difference? But at the end of the season, it could come down to three or four points on the race to Dubai. And these yeah. guys aren't leaving anything to chance. So I, think, I, I take get... something away from that for my own golf because I'll get halfway through yeah. and just start being like, oh, fuck this. That's what I was just about to say, though. Do you ever feel, like, feel bad for them, though, that they never get the, the, the free feeling of putting with a wedge for a nine <laughs> after you just made an absolute dig of the hole? Like, I, that's my favorite part of golf for me. So I think they're actually <laughs> missing out by trying too hard. They are Scott. They are. Listen, golf is hard enough without your driver being ripped off you um before the tournament even starts. So one of your other golfers, Ben Robbins, CO Seagrist. Hashtag quack golfer. A quack golfer. Um yeah. he had just found a golfer that suited him. Um, so yeah, I actually so Robin wears quack stuff. Um and I was chatting to him on the range on Wednesday because I followed him with the camera for a few holes just to get a bit some marketing material. Um, and he was saying that as they do at all tournaments, they test, randomly test a couple of drivers. His driver was tested and deemed to be illegal, um, which basically means the majority of drivers, the reason why they're legal is that the face has become too thin. They've been used for too long throughout the season. And the thinner the face becomes, the more explosive the driver is, which means it's no longer conforming. Um which normally isn't a much of an issue. You go down, all the tour trucks were there. You go down to your tour truck, you get yourself a new driver built. And then he told me that he was the only left-hander in the field and that there was nothing on the truck, no left-handed clubs because they thought uh. what are the chances. So um, that was unfortunate. He ended up missing the cut. Uh, he said he's been struggling with his driver for the year. 
and he said he had just kind of he just seemed to have sorted out that driver he had um so he ended up having to use a backup one that he brought and it just i think he struggled a bit with it so that is talk about luck it's so annoying because like i wouldn't imagine he's a, a very long he's i don't think he's a bomber right no he's obviously a very good golfer but i don't think he's a bomber but like i'm okay with rory getting his driver stripped off him but it's very hard for the guys that aren't a bomber. Like you're probably getting an yeah. extra two yards of, of yeah. I don't know. Like, but that's it's. I, I felt for him when I heard that. Yeah. Um, shout out to Connor Purcell for making the cut. It's a good, good finish there. Um, and I suppose a rousing shout out to John Murphy. Another uh, a miscut again. So um, uh, keep the grind going. We're a big fancy on this pod. Um, so hard luck there. Um, right. That's all my Irish Open takes done. I think we uh, finish it out with our um, the winner of our birthday giveaway. Absolutely. I think it would be a good way to end. Are we saying that we're going to make every, all of our Instagram followers listen all the way through our podcast to find out who the winner is? <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. When I was like, if we do this at the end now, it's going to be... Well, I was like, we're not going to do it at the start. That, uh, who cares? We're giving away an unbelievable prize. You can sit through a podcast if you want to win it. <laughs> Yeah, and the, be- the best part is you don't know. So like, you're just gonna try and if people try and skim, you just kind of stop at random points and hear Shani being like, blah, blah, blah. "Yeah." So then I said, "All about like, you know, there's people going to, like tape over their mouth." Um, um, yeah. um, um, no, you just so go to the go to the actual post and click on copy link, like share copy link. Uh, in the top right corner of it, like, yeah. Sure. Oh, copy link. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm loading all of the names in here into a generator. Thanks again for everyone who entered. Um, we we really appreciate it. So 779 comments entered, uh, and the winner is. I would say drum roll, but I'm just waiting for it to load. Uh, Kai Tor 76. So congratulations. Woo! Um, uh, yeah just and a quick shout out to ross penna obviously we're kind of partnered up with them with on this giveaway uh i've been there once already on a on a lads and dads trip we're going back there next summer on another one because it's honestly so good and the value is unbelievable you get three rounds of golf one of them being number 45 in the world or something for a couple hundred quid um so if you are planning a trip i would say get up there Give them a follow on Instagram. Um, it's a special place. I'm looking forward to getting back there next summer already. Yeah, I don't know if I have any more takes. Is there anything, Ben, Shani, do you have any other final takes? What I will say is the European Tour, European team, were looking very suave today at Marco Simone. Mm. Um, yeah. As I was getting on my Ryanair flight this morning back from Dublin, I saw a couple of PJs parked up, which I'm positive we're heading towards Italy. So, mm. um Good to see the boys out there. Is, uh, private jets for the, yeah. common, the common folk. For those who aren't familiar. I wonder. <laughs> um, ben, apparently Paddy Ice, Patrick Cantley, was missing from the U and the US team were over there last week because he was on a stag. Get away. Yeah. No way. He does not strike me as the type of man who goes on stags. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, I, I thought that was strange, though, uh, the U.S. team going up. Like, are they all going to fly back to America and then back again? It's a lot of flying. I don't yeah, know. it is. Well, I know Max Home was playing in the Fort, Fortnite Championship, which is on this week. Um, I presume a couple of the Americans are playing Wentworth, 
Yeah, all of our boys are playing. I think it's yeah. all, 12, 12 of them. But also, that's a bit of a, like, so they've got to go to Italy for a day to play a bit of golf. Then they got to fly back to London. I suppose they got two days, like a day and a half of practice, and then they play Wentworth. But I don't know. Yeah, as you just said, Ben, if they're going on a PJ, it doesn't really matter, does it? Like, um, I'll go. Um, I'll ask him. Sure, I'll be down there tomorrow. I'll I'll say how was the PJ, Rory? And yeah. See what he says. Terrell, come fine. here. What do you get free on that private jet now? Do you get something else that's worth all that cash? Um, anything else to finish us off, lads? I'm taken out, but I feel like that was a, a well prepped pod. Yeah, it was. We, it was very journalistic. Yes, what it takes. Weirdly we, organized. Yeah, we should. I mean, well, hmm. weird. Yeah, well done, lads. Well done. Just to finish us off, um, quick shout out to my mother who sent us uh, an article. Um, what she does is she takes the she takes a picture of the paper of an article that she thinks I'd like and sends it to me, but it's kind of always like ninety degrees left or ninety degrees right, so I have to <laughs> sort of rotate it back in. But it's from one of our. Um, from one of our favorite uh, people on the pod, Jeremy Clarkson from Clarkson's Farm. Um, I haven't actually read it yet, but I think it's Jeremy Clarkson talking about podcasts. But I just I loved the opening quote from Clarkson where he says, I've never really understood why anyone would want to listen to a podcast. It's like pulling up a chair at an already occupied table in a pub and sitting there in silence as two blokes chat about their week. And I thought that was very funny because... That's kind of what people do when they listen to us is they just tune in. Um, So great. Thanks very much, folks, for listening. Um, Hopefully the audio has been a bit better this week. I was listening to a podcast this week um, with a guy who has a very successful tennis podcast called The Tennis Podcast. And he said to make all of your mistakes when no one is listening, which I'm sure there is no one left right now. So um, thank you very much for listening again, folks. We'll be back next week. Um, go well, make sure you're humming. Then the next time you get fair.